This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. A congresswoman suggests and then edits her desire to see Trump assassinated. Body mass index is now a tool of white supremacy. And Hunter Biden truly is the deadbeatiest of deadbeat dads. It's time for my losers of the week. Then, after performing the national anthem for Donald Trump, Carly Teft had a slew of concert events pulled from underneath her. She joins me here in Nashville. And last but not least, it's been a hell of a week for Ukraine. And you know I have some final thoughts. It all starts now. It's that time again, time to name my losers of the week, my selections for the best of the worst, so let's begin with this. Folks, we well know Trump derangement syndrome cannot be cured. Even if there was a vaccine for it, it probably wouldn't prevent transmission or spread. So for now, the pandemic of TDS rages on. And look no further than Democrat Congresswoman from the Virgin Islands, a non-voting member, thank goodness, Stacey Plaskett, who asserted then quickly swallowed her desire for Trump's assassination. Having Trump not only have had the codes, but now having the classified information for Americans and being able to put that out and share it in his resort with anyone and everyone who comes through should be terrifying to all Americans. Mm -hmm. And he needs to be shot. Stopped. The words shot and stopped are very different. So I'm not entirely sure how this slip of the tongue happened. Unless, of course, she takes linguistic lessons from Joe Biden or John Fetterman. But either way. Can you imagine the uproar if a Republican official recommended assassination of a current or a former Democrat president? Alas, the double standard is the only standard the left abides by. But speaking of standards, you guys ever heard of body mass index? Yeah, it's a pretty standard measurement of body fat based on height and weight, and it's often used as a screening tool for obesity, something America has a real big problem with. But leave it to new woke science to declare that measurement and gauge of health to be, wait for it, racist and rooted in white supremacy. Yeah, here we freaking go again. The American Medical Association has declared the measurement of BMI should be ditched because it's based on antiquated standards of non-Hispanic white bodies and doesn't consider other races. I guess obesity now has a diversity, equity, and inclusion score, and likely so does diabetes and heart disease. This is truly unbelievable. Science and medicine is now dictated by feelings and microaggressions. Is it really a wonder America is the fattest country with heart disease as our number one killer? Pop culture tells us obesity is cool, and now doctors have to tiptoe around virtue signals to address true health concerns, lest they accidentally apply logic to their practice. So now I guess Americans can die of a number of obesity-related ailments, but at least they'll die woke and less offended. What a win. But you know who else won this week? Deadbeat dad of the year, Hunter Biden. Not only did he get a sweetheart plea deal for his tax evasion and illegal possession of a firearm, he also managed to reduce his child support payments to the mother of the young daughter he fails to acknowledge. 
So because Hunter Biden settled with his baby mama, London Roberts, out of court, we will never know the amount he has agreed to pay. But we do know it will be reduced from the 20K a month he was ordered to pay and has been fighting tooth and nail to reduce. The piece of crap received millions from foreign entities sitting on boards of companies he had no skills to sit on. But he can't pony up 20K a month for his innocent four-year-old daughter? A daughter he refuses to lend his last name to, and a granddaughter, the big guy Brandon, still refuses to acknowledge at all. Maybe if she comes out as transgender, Joe will acknowledge her, but, you know, I won't hold my breath. These Bidens, man, they really have brought decency and morality back to the White House, as promised. Still ahead, after performing the national anthem for Donald J. Trump, she had a series of shows canceled I'm not sure what these tolerant and loving liberals hate more, the national anthem or Donald J. Trump. But Carly Teff joins me next. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great, you'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. So my next guest has been singing and performing in the Cape Cod area without issue for seven years, but that quickly changed after she was invited to sing the national anthem at a Donald Trump rally in April. Then cancel culture and Trump derangement syndrome did what they do and her shows were canceled. The venue telling her she made the audience feel threatened if she were allowed to perform. Joining me now with more of that story is country singer Carly Teft. All right, Carly, so I'm guessing you probably had no idea that singing the national anthem would cause you to lose out on opportunities, but then you're also in the Northeast. So tell me how this all went down. I was touring in the Massachusetts area at the time in April, and I got a call from a mutual friend saying, hey, I'd love to connect you with the Trump team. They're looking for someone to sing the national anthem. And to me, that's a former president. That's an honor. I love to sing the national anthem. That's a part of my job of being a performer and a singer. So I didn't think twice about the opportunity and went up there, did my job, and came back to Nashville. And all of a sudden, I got a phone call saying, oh, you know, we need to cancel your shows for the rest of the year. And they alluded to it being because you performed the national anthem at a Trump rally. What was that conversation like? Take me into exactly what they told you and what they said to you about this. I, I'm in my apartment in Nashville and I first got a voicemail from the owner who I haven't spoken to in probably over a year. I usually work through a different manager when I'm booking and I called him back right away thinking something was wrong and he said, you know, I saw what you did over the weekend. I'm sure it was great for your career, but ultimately I can't have any controversial pieces in my gallery, like nude portraits. So I guess what I'm asking is, are you a Trump supporter? And all that just threw me for a loop. And I knew he had already made up his mind no matter what I said. And truth be told, like I just said, singing the national anthem is always an honor. I've, I use it as an opportunity to unite and bring people together. Right. And that's what I explained to him. I said, you know, the only person I wholeheartedly support is God, my Lord and Savior, Jesus. But um, this was a former president, and it's our national anthem. So I, I look at that as full of positives, and how people take that, I can't, um, I can't control. And he said, well, you got a great head on your shoulders, but I don't want my audience base to feel threatened. So <laughs> I, th 
I think it'd be best to cancel your performances for the rest of the year. That's amazing to me because we're living in an era now where you can't offend anybody, right? You, yeah. you can't say anything about anybody's orientation, their identification, yeah. their pronouns, their skin color. I mean, everybody is hypersensitive. But mm -hmm. you can have somebody call you, cold call you out of the blue and say, listen, are you a Trump supporter? Because if so, you're done. Yeah. It's amazing to me that that seems to be the only area that has no protection mm -hmm. and who you voted for or who you just sing the national anthem for. Right. I mean, it's not as if you were walking around in a mega hat trying to antagonize people. You sang the national anthem for a former president. Exactly. And I'd imagine that if you were invited to sing the national anthem for any former Democrat president or a sitting Democrat president, you'd probably take the opportunity exactly. because it's an honor. Exactly. That's exactly how I see it. And it's just sad to me that things like this are happening and for about a month I'm, I didn't come forward with this story but talking to different family and friends they started to you know kind of spread the word around and it, it really just it's a it's about more than me it's about more than the music it's about the national anthem and how there's just so much polarization right now that how can we use this for the better in this country to say hey this isn't okay if, if it happened if it were a Democrat president. I don't think it would have been okay either. So that's really my message about this. So after this story came out and you told people what had happened, did you get a call from this venue? Did they reconsider? Did they say anything at all about not, what they had told you? I have not heard from them. Wow. So do you think that this was because of the region of the country that this is in? Obviously, this region is more liberal. Uh, had this been Oklahoma, Texas, even here in Nashville, Tennessee, probably be a different story. Or do you think this is just the association with Trump in any way, shape, or form in the music industry is like a scarlet letter? I think there's a little bit of both, unfortunately. I know just Cape Cod, my homeland, there's, there's so much support just for the music community up there. And... So many people have said, you know, politics aside, Carly, this is just wrong. I'm so sorry what happened to you. And, and again, my message is it, it shouldn't have been just about politics. It should have been about what I sang. Because right. when I'm performing my own music at my own shows, where I do at this performance venue, I, I don't sing the national anthem. I don't even sing any political songs. I sing my own original songs. I sing cover songs. So that was what was very interesting about it. So I think a little bit of both the area and also just what's been happening especially with the media and politics if you had to do it all over again would you still sing the national anthem at a trump rally 100 percent. see and i love yeah. to hear that i love to hear people that don't back down yeah but we've entered an era now that everything is political yeah. i mean music's political sports are political hollywood's political academics are political everything is political it has seeped into every facet of our life and probably for the worse, right? Because people just want to have some escape from all of it, but they feel it's inescapable at this point. But I wonder, just being in the music industry and dealing with cancel culture that has ramped up 2020 to present, do you think that there is a space for artists like yourself to come out and be able to support what they want to support or to maybe have a difference of opinion from the norm, the status quo that's predominantly liberal? Or are we in a place now where it's just better to shut up? I don't think you should ever back down from an opportunity that you view as positive. And so that's how I viewed this opportunity. I believe that good music is always gonna speak for itself. Good artists are always gonna speak for themselves. And how, like you said earlier, pushing your views, that's something else that the audience is going to take into consideration when going to performances, buying music, buying merchandise. So it's gonna be interesting, but I, I think there's a lot, a lot more hope, especially just from 
all the messages I've received, it's, it's mm -hmm. been overwhelming in the most positive way, I will say. There's, of course, a lot of, you know, there's some haters out there, and that's totally okay. Everybody has the entitled to their own opinion, but ultimately, I think people just want to listen to music. People just want to listen to sports, and that's the message that I've been seeing the most, which is why I feel a lot more positive going forward. Right. And just going back to the climate that we're in right now and, and what we've been dealing with in the last several years, everything is hyper-political, everybody is hypersensitive. it's a litmus test for friendship and employment, everything who you voted for, what your politics are, that's very unfortunate. But I wonder if some of these companies, some of these even industries like the music industry, if they are maybe ignoring their actual base, mm. I mean, you're a country singer yeah. by trade, we, we know that country fans are you know, a mixed bag, but predominantly probably more on the conservative side of any genre. I would say country music's probably yeah. more conservative. Do you think even the music industry, the country music industry, is somewhat unaware of who their listeners and their consumers actually are? I, I would say the artists know their fan base the best. And if the artists can advocate for that and they have the support with the streaming numbers, with the ticket sales, that's going to make the management and everything else go forward. What would be your message to others that are starting out in music and they want to avoid the landmines, but they want to be true to themselves? What do you tell those, especially those young people out mm -hmm. there that are coming up in a time like this? Yeah. Truly, if you know who you are and you know who God says you are, you can't do wrong. And like what you said earlier, just don't. Don't compromise your values. If you believe that this is something that's bringing people together, the people are going to see that. And people that don't, you know, wish them well and keep, keep going. I love how faith-based and godly you are. Where can my audience follow you to hear more of your music and support you? My website, carlyteft.com. I have a new song coming out this month. It's called Freedom in This Country, Carly's Version. And just finished it up in the studio yesterday. I'm very excited. Oh, I love it. I'm sure you're going to have a lot of support because we know that the silent majority really loves to support people, especially people that have been canceled or an attempt <laughs> has been made to cancel them. So everybody should check you out. That's thank fantastic. You. And thank you for holding your ground and speaking out. We need more people out there just like you, especially in music. Thank you. You got it. All right. Coming up next, due to an accounting error, we will now add more money to Ukraine's America-funded war chest. And my final thoughts are next. Due to a Pentagon accounting error, we, the U.S. taxpayers, will now have more money freed up to send to Ukraine. What an enormous slap in the face. It's time for Final Thoughts. To date, we, and yes, I mean we, the American people, have sent a whopping $113 billion to protect and defend Ukraine. Yes, all the while leaving our own border like an open, oozing, and pussing sore of national insecurity. But in case you thought the endless flow of dollars to Ukraine, more accurately Zelensky, was drying up anytime soon, well, no. That tracksuit-wearing con artist still has a blank check and more money is on the way. Surprise! Christmas has come early for Zelensky now that the Pentagon identified a bookkeeping error that will free up even more money for Ukraine funding. Apparently, the Pentagon overestimated the value of the weapons it has sent to Ukraine by $6.2 billion over the past two years, 
resulting in a surplus that will be used for future security packages. Oh, goody! As if the $113 billion wasn't enough, now Ukraine will have more to work with in this never-ending war they cannot and will not win without endless and continual propping up by you and me, the American taxpayer. Now, don't get me wrong. I support the Ukrainian cause and the Ukrainian people. But let's take off the rose-colored and politically correct glasses here and be honest. This is unsustainable. And it's not just the war that's going to cost us, it's the aftermath that's going to cost us too. The World Bank, Ukrainian government, the European Commission, and the UN estimate reconstruction and recovery of Ukraine will cost about $411 billion after one year of war. Damn, I don't know about y'all, but that's a little rich for my blood. We've got homeless veterans on our street corners that are supposed to fend for themselves, but we've got the cash to defend Ukraine in perpetuity? At some point, enough is enough. These two nations should be coming to the bargaining table and working out a diplomatic solution, but that'll never happen so long as we keep funneling money into Zelensky's ego. Ukraine ain't gonna win this unless we go over there and we win it for them, and then guess what? We are in a full-blown war with Russia on behalf of Ukraine. Are y'all cool with that? Because I'm not. The military-industrial complex loves that idea, and so do the neocons and the dirty Democrats who benefit, but we the people do not. But hey, since those who run the U.S. military are now about wokeness and rainbows instead of combat and mission readiness, perhaps you could spare this brave queen to go over and fight for Ukraine. I'm sure he will have Putin just shaking in his boots. But the moral of the story here is this. If we aren't willing to fight and fund our own interests, we shouldn't be fighting and funding the interests of another nation, period. End of story. Those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.